You know, one thing that I will throw out before we kind of move on from the capital stuff here, and it will revisit some of the this stuff that they're worried about going going forward here on inauguration day. But um, you know, there was an actual attempted terrorist attack in Washington D.C. And you can, you know, rename the what happened at the Capitol as a siege or a terrorist attack. Or that's it's absurd. It's not. It's clearly not. And if that's a terrorist attack, then Antifa is, in fact, a terrorist organization and BLM are, in fact, a terrorist organization. If you're going to call what happened at the Capitol an act of terrorism and label everybody a terrorist there, they're trying to remove everybody from office who um, was looking at investigating some of the anomalies in the election and all of this other nonsense. Okay, but there was an actual attempted terrorist attack in Washington, D.C. at the same time. And the news media is not covering that at all. Now, again, an honest news media looks at this and goes, all right, we, we have this situation at the Capitol. Um, this, is, this is bad, but also not that far away. We've got two pipe bombs that were planted at the RNC headquarters for the Republican National Committee. Somebody tried to bomb the headquarters of the Republican Party. Now, you have to ask yourself... Is the likelihood that's Trump supporters or is that the likelihood of maybe that being somebody else? Now, that was a legitimate attempted terrorist attack. The ATF, I believe it was the ATF that that uh, detonated those, those explosives safely. They were real bombs. It wasn't a misidentified backpack that was just a suspicious package or anything. Somebody set two bombs. They set them up at the RNC headquarters. Now, again, real terrorist attack. Protest got out of control with some violence turned into a riot. But again, have to point this fact out too. And it's important that everybody understand this. And I'm only doing this for context because of how it's being covered by the press, which I told you during the event was going to be misleading. What happened at the Capitol was the shortest lived, least costly, least violent riot that we have had all 2020. And I know that it happened in 2021, but I'm just saying for the past year. For the past year, that was the least violent riot that we had had. And yet it is the it is the one that is getting the most attention from the news media. We played you the Greg Gutfeld stuff on, on Friday. Greg Gutfeld's 100% right. They pick and choose which riots they like. Republicans have condemned everything. They've condemned all of the riots from BLM, from Antifa, and they've condemned all of this from these, uh, these Trump supporters here at the Capitol. But the left hasn't condemned all of the other ones. They only condemn this one. The day of the Capitol breach, I, I posted this. I, I don't know if I said it on the show, but the day that I, I the Capitol breach, I said more Republicans have condemned the riot at the Capitol than Democrats have condemned any other riot for the entire year. Which is true. Now, if anybody in the audience is rolling their eyes right now, congratulations. Congratulations, you're a fascist who thinks it's okay to use violence to intimidate your political opponents. The reality is, this was normalized behavior by the left, by politicians in Congress, by news media in the United States. We went over several magazines, newspapers, and pundits who excused, celebrated, and called for violence. 
We, we've covered all of that. But suddenly, all of those people who excused, normalized, called for violence and riots and protests and everything, suddenly this, what happened at the Capitol, hmm, it's the most egregious thing they've ever seen. And again, since some people are simpletons out there, I am not condoning what happened at the Capitol. I said that the moment it happened, I said it for every single day last week after we covered it. I've said it multiple times today. And there's still going to be some brain-dead moron who sends me an email taking one little thing that I said out of context four days after I said it uh, and try and make a big issue out of it. As I've said before, you can be intellectually honest here. You can point out that hypocrisy and still condemn what you saw in D.C. While highlighting that people who are condemning what happened in D.C. have celebrated and excused and in some cases called for violence from left-wing groups throughout the, the entire rest of the last year. Sometimes longer. That is okay for you to do, ladies and gentlemen. It's perfectly acceptable for you to do that. It's okay to be consistent. You're supposed to be consistent. That's kind of like the whole gist of all of this. You're supposed to be consistent. Uh, if left-wing violence and rioting is bad, right-wing violence and rioting is bad. If right-wing violence and rioting is bad, then left-wing violence and rioting is bad. If breaching the Capitol because it's a government building makes you a terrorist, then surely taking over blocks of a city and setting up your own government while taking over a police station would make you a terrorist too, correct? Just throwing that out there. Did you guys see that uh, the, uh, the mayor of Portland got attacked by Antifa last week? After he finally said, I've tried reasoning with these people. I've tried supporting them. I've tried understanding them. I've tried backing off. You know what? They're still just radicals, and I don't, I don't think we can give them any comfort anymore. That's all paraphrase. That's not actually what he said. And lo and behold, yeah, guys, eating at a restaurant, Antifa decides to physically assault the mayor of, of Portland, Wheeler. Hmm. What do you expect when you let snakes in the garden, guys? What do you expect? When you excuse and you normalize this behavior, especially when it is directed at one group specifically, like all of these riots have been directed at police or they've been directed at Republicans. Uh, and you got to go all the way back. This is a, you know, this is, as I've called out my Republican and conservative friends on social media, you know, again, it's okay to condemn rioting always. That's okay. That's fine. That's, you're supposed to do that. But when you say things like, this is not how things are done in the United States. You're living in a fantasy world. Because it is exactly how things have been done in the United States for over a decade. Period. Go back through the entire Trump administration. Go back through the vast majority of the Obama administration. And what do you have? Riots leading to policy changes. Riots, violence, property damage. Again, almost exclusively coming from left-wing groups almost exclusively, leading to all of those things. You want to go back even further? Let's go back to Occupy Wall Street. Let's go back there, too. Same thing. This is exactly, unfortunately, how things are done in the United States. It's not supposed to be how it's done, but it is how it is done. And when you have people in the news media, and you have people in Congress, and you have governors, Whitmer, 
and you have mayors, Wheeler and others, excusing, allowing, and defending rioting as a necessary process for change. What do you expect? When Republicans who peacefully assemble, whether they're rallying or marching or whatever, they peacefully assemble and they're attacked out of left field by a bunch of people wearing all black and masks on their face and they're physically assaulted with sticks and mace and fists. And then you out on your little news programs on CNN or MSNBC or even you local news outfits. I saw some of you do this. And you say, ah, there really wasn't any violence. No, no, no. That, that was a fight. There was mutual combat there. There's no, nobody was assaulted. What are you talking about? You know, people only put up with that for so long. I said, I'm not excusing the behavior, but if you want an explanation of how we got here, because that's the one thing that everybody asks is, how did we get here? Well, Trump gave a speech. No, that's not it. He didn't call for any violence. He called for peaceful protest specifically. That's verbatim in his speech. He never called, never called for any violence. Anybody says otherwise is a flipping liar. Almost got an FCC violation there. A flipping liar. And I don't care if they come from the political left or the political right or what news outlet they come from. They are a liar. He never called for violence. He never advocated for violence. He never hinted at it. It wasn't a read between the lines scenario either. That never happened, period, end of story. And any suggestion otherwise is a fake, false narrative designed to do one thing and one thing only, and that is to demonize him. And in addition all of his supporters even though most of them did not participate in what happened in the capitol building there were hundreds of thousands of people in dc to protest there were a few thousand that participated in what happened at the capitol and to lump everybody in with them is asinine and stupid we keep hearing all throughout the summer you're not supposed to lump in the mostly peaceful protesters with the rioters that come out after dark. Okay. I would ask then that you do the same thing with what you saw in the Capitol. And if you're going to try and, and figure out how we got to this point, we got to this point because politicians, social media, left-wing activists normalized and celebrated violence on people on the political right and they've been doing it now for over a decade, and people are sick and tired of it. It's not an excuse, it's not a defense, but it is an explanation of how we got here. And if you're unwilling to acknowledge that basic, fundamental, and undeniable fact, then you're probably one of those people who has defended violence against Trump supporters, Republicans, conservatives, what have you. That's how you get to what happened in D.C. As we've said, all of the things that have happened over the past several years, all of them predate Trump. Trump is not the cause of any of the left's angst. Trump is not the cause of people not trusting the media. Trump is not the cause of social media embattlement with commenting. Trump is not the cause of any of that. That all predates Trump's political career. It's something that we've been talking about 
on this show and others have been talking about on their shows for far longer than that. But the reality is that one side in this country celebrates the violence, normalizes the violence, excuses the violence, whitewashes the violence, pretends the violence that did happen didn't actually happen, and in many cases actually blames the victim of violence for perpetrating the violence on the assailants. And I have been warning you for an extended period of time in multiple states as I've been doing this job, that eventually this powder keg that has been set up by political actors and members of the news media, that powder keg has been set up. Somebody somehow is going to light that match. And you saw a little bit of that spark happen in the Capitol. Just an eensy weensy little bit. Not a lot. Just a little bit. And here's the thing. What I am telling you is the exact same arguments that are being being told to you to justify the rioting by Antifa and BLM. They're saying the exact same things. Can't treat people this way for an extended period of time and not expect there to be some kind of a reaction. Therefore, rioting is justified. If that is the case, then certainly this would have been justified by the same people too, right? Because it's not about it's not about truth and honesty. It's about politics. The political class wants you to hate the opposition. That's how they win your loyalty. They don't win your loyalty by doing things good for you. They win your loyalty by demonizing the other side. If any of you can stomach to listen to Nancy Pelosi's sixty minutes interview, which by the way is a tongue bath. Okay, there's one time where Leslie Stahl questioned Nancy Pelosi. You held out for six months on COVID relief. And Nancy Pelosi feeds you this lie. We held out because there wasn't any respect for law enforcement, first responders, or nurses, or doctors. That's a lie because they were getting a ton of funding from the Republican proposals. Ton of funding. Nancy Pelosi didn't want you to get COVID relief because she didn't want Trump getting credit. Period. End of story. She let it slip at a press conference a few weeks back. That's the end of it. Now she's trying to do this, this fake, nah, nah. It was because they weren't going to help any any law enforcement people or doctors or or nurses or hospitals. That is a total and complete lie. We went over what was in those aid packages. This was all about bailing out left wing cities that had been mismanaged pre COVID and funding their pension programs that were completely in the red. That's what it was about. Republicans, that was the only stance they took against it. And Democrats wouldn't let it go. But they'll, they'll lie to demonize the other side. See, the other side doesn't like doctors or nurses. They hate science. So we're going to demonize them. And the average nincompoop out there doesn't know actually what happened with any of that is going to listen to it and go, yeah, Nancy Pelosi's right. They weren't supporting any, any, any doctors or nurses who are super important right now. Bull. Never happened. It's all fake. Got more coming up. Ustock 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And keep an eye on what's happening in uh, D.C. today. The government websites are saying that Trump's presidency is ending today, which is leading to some speculation. But we don't have any actual information on anything. So 
again, just um, keep an eye on it just in case something does develop from that. Now, in the meantime, let's take a look at what's happening with the Biden transition team. Biden has picked somebody with absolutely no experience to run the CIA. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> I just, um, I mean, maybe Joe Biden learned his lesson because Trump put people who ran the CIA uh, in in at the head of the CIA, and it turns out that they were actually the ones who ran operations against General Flynn. So maybe Biden has learned his lesson. He's like, I'm not putting anybody who's been a spy at the head of the CIA. You're kidding me. <laughs> I'm going to put a diplomat who's loyal to me up there. So he's picked somebody who has no experience to run the CIA. They said, what could possibly go wrong? And Joe Biden has vowed to, and I quote, defeat the NRA while he is in office. Now, for the record, there's a lot of pro-Second Amendment types who want the NRA defeated too because they're seen as, a, as an actual obstacle to the Second Amendment many, many times. But, um, I, you know, look, if, if, you, if you thought for a second that we weren't going to transition back into the world is ending because of global warming, which doesn't exist, um, your, your kids are being shot to death every time they go to school in record numbers, and we need to get rid of guns and ban guns. And we also need to remove any any shielding from a manufacturer of firearms and only firearms, no other machine, uh, from being responsible for what their device has done to somebody. And if you think for a second that net neutrality and it's little talked about except on this show provision that allows the federal government to shut your website down that that doesn't come back into being a reality and we don't pivot to talking about the same old crap we were talking about for eight years under Obama, you are crazy. That's all happening. Oh, and there will probably be a war most likely in Syria. Just throwing that out there. Um, it was nice, though. It was it was kind of nice having a president not start a new war. That was That was something interesting that I haven't experienced in my lifetime time but that was interesting to see that happen under, under trump but you you think you think all of the things that you complained about under obama aren't coming back under biden they're coming back but they're tenfold now they're tenfold and net neutrality is right there ajit pai is stepping down biden's going to control the fcc there's always a fairness doctrine push with the FCC when there's a Democratic president, there was under Clinton, there was under Obama, there there will be under Biden, always will be. Nobody remembers, nobody remembers that the Obama administration used net neutrality to shut down entire websites. Gee, I wonder where the premise of the federal government being able to shut down particular websites because, I don't know, they might accuse them of inciting violence. I wonder where that might come into play in the modern era here to allow the federal government the ability to kill off a whole website. I, I wonder wonder where that might be applicable today. More coming up, 95.3 MNC. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to tell you about all natural seed. 
cbd.org. And again, if you are looking for a lotion that can help relieve some pain, you got arthritis, maybe fibromyalgia, go to allnaturalcbd.org, pick up some of this lotion. You can just try a bottle. Uh, they, again, it goes uh, 250, 500, or 1,000 milligrams of full-spectrum CBD. That is the key. There is CBD isolate, and then there's the good stuff, which is full-spectrum CBD. And a lot of the products that you buy on the market, they're not full-spectrum. They're an isolate, which is an inferior product, yet they're still charging you premiums for it. And we've gone through some of the price lists on competitors here for allnaturalcbd.org. And again, those aren't lotions. Those are creams, which, you know, never really fully absorb into your skin. So you walk around looking like you smear mayonnaise all over your body. Uh, and so they're creams or they're oils or what have you. This lotion is fairly unique. But we compared other similar like products. We did this on the air one day. It's been a little while, but we did it on the air. Allnaturalcbd.org gives you higher quality CBD, more milligrams of CBD, and it's a fraction of the price of its nearest competitors. And the product is made right here, tested right here. It's a phenomenal product. I've been using it for a long time now, over a year. My relatives are. In fact, I, I have a shipment going out in the mail to relatives who requested new resupplies on the all-natural CBD lotion. Go to allnaturalcbd.org, use promo code KC10 to save yourself 10%. All right, somebody sent me a, a message here and is like, explain the net neutrality thing. I must have missed this the last time we were talking about it. So, all right, uh, Tim Wu. Tim Wu is a law professor. He's the one who coined the term net neutrality. You have to understand something about net neutrality. Net neutrality have been tried at least two previous times before it finally got through under the Obama administration. Most people assume net neutrality is about keeping internet speeds fast for everybody. That's a lie. That's not what it's about. It actually makes internet speeds low and slow for everybody. If we've gone over the, uh, the internet speeds that have happened since net neutrality was repealed, the United States has grown leaps and bounds in internet speed. And we have actually surpassed many nations that traditionally have beat us in internet speed. Uh, getting rid of net neutrality has been a huge boost for internet speed, without a doubt. So net neutrality doesn't maintain that speed. Remember, you were all, you were all told that you weren't going to be able to watch Netflix unless net neutrality was there. You were all told you wouldn't be able to watch Hulu or anything. What's happened since then? That's right. Services have continued to grow and your access to them has gotten a lot easier. And now there's far more streaming services than there ever were before. They lied to you. I told you they were going to lie to you and they did. They lied to you. Well, now that the lie has been exposed, the average nincompoop again out there just doesn't understand it. I'm not talking calling you a nincompoop. I'm talking about the people who are pro net neutrality because it's going to make speed so much better. Now, what you do run into occasionally is somebody who will pitch a fit about a data cap. And these are people who um, will go over their their allotted data and then they pitch a fit that they've got to pay a little bit more because they went over their allotted data. I, you pick the plan that best suits you. It isn't that hard. And internet speeds got way faster, way faster. So Tim Wu coined the term net neutrality. He's the one who came up with it. Now he says net neutrality is okay 
Um, Internet rules are about giving the agency the ability to shape, quote, media policy, social policy, oversight of the political process, and issues of free speech. So this is the professor. You have to understand, net neutrality failed in the Supreme Court twice before it finally got through. And it failed because it was always an attempt by the government to regulate the one domain the government can't regulate, and that's the internet. Once net neutrality goes back into, into, into force, like it did last time, the government has regula- regulatory control, just like they did last time. Every prediction I made before net neutrality became a reality, every prediction I made came true. And we, we docked it all. We talked about it. We put the list out every time it happened. So now there is a provision in net neutrality. This is what people miss. The Obama administration used net neutrality to shut down entire websites permanently. They didn't need to rely on Amazon to pull their servers so that way websites down like what happened with Parler. The government did it on their own. What, what it was is the general conduct standard. The general conduct standard basically swallows the internet market and oversights, uh, blocking of data, everything. It's all under the general conduct standard, okay? Basically just encompasses everything. The general conduct standard, because remember, all, all net neutrality does is turn the internet into a utility that the government can regulate, because the government can regulate utilities. They can regulate your phone, your, your power, and everything. They can't regulate the internet, but under net neutrality, they can't. And you saw a big push, big push for various sales taxes and charging for emails like stamps and all sorts of stuff under net neutrality, which has all kind of quieted down a little bit. So the rule, the general conduct standard allows the FCC to prevent any practice by an internet access provider that the FCC believes will, and I quote, unreasonably disadvantage any internet user application or content provider so the fcc and net neutrality advocates correctly recognize that if the agency can monitor and control the distributors of speech they can shape culture and politics so republicans tried to do this and liberals were rightfully outraged this happened under the bush administration obama tried to do it Conservatives were rightly outraged. And this is what I talk about with that tribalism. Stuff that we oppose, when it is done by our guys, all of a sudden we support it. It's the same thing. If you opposed it six months ago, you should be opposing it now. Unless your opposition to it six months ago wasn't motivated by what the actual thing was, but your tribalism. Net neutrality was bad when the Bush administration tried to do it. Net neutrality was bad when the Obama administration tried to do it. Net neutrality remained bad when they finally accomplished it by tweaking that one line that they did. And they used it to take down entire websites that they deemed somehow, some way, to be unreasonable or to cause a disadvantage to a user. And sometimes that user was the government. We had privacy email email services get shut down because the government didn't like how secure they were 
We had websites get shut down because they didn't like the content that was on the website. And some of them, by the way, were legitimate extremist websites, for the record. But we've already seen you don't need net neutrality to take down a website that everybody sees as extreme, right? Because you can do it in the free market. You don't need the government to do that. But net neutrality gives the government that ability. Casey, why are you saying this? Net neutrality was repealed because Biden has promised to bring it back and he will and it'll get through. And when you look at everything that's happened to Parler over the past day, suddenly that net neutrality rule, the general conduct standard, makes a whole lot more sense to the average person out there who kept telling me to not talk about it because they couldn't comprehend what I was trying to say. Even though I was saying it in very simple terms. It was just going over a lot of people's heads. And they're like, I don't understand what you're saying, Casey. Please move on to something else. Can't count how many times I got those text messages. I just don't get it. I don't understand. I don't I don't see how it's good or bad. I, I don't know. And because people were confused by it, they just, they don't want to listen to it. It's like when something is happening with email documents. It's too complicated for me to follow. Can you just talk about something else? No, this is like literally, there's, there's a, a coup attempt. No, we can't talk about something else. We're going to talk about this. I just don't understand it. Sorry, learn. Trying to explain it as best as I can. The general conduct standard allowed the federal government, you have to understand this, for the first time in history, to shut websites down because the government deemed those websites unacceptable to exist and for no other reason. That is going to come back under a Biden administration. So think for just a second. Everything that they are saying about Parler now and everybody on Parler, everything they said about Gab previously and everybody on Gab, and everything that they say about people who are on Twitter that are getting banned or leaving Twitter and Facebook, the same thing, everything they're saying about it, right? They're all extremists. They're just normal people. They're all extremists, calling for violence, terrorists, everything else. All of those things kick in the general conduct standard and net neutrality and allows the government to shut it down like that. Every single one of them. They're using their language very carefully, even though they're using it irresponsibly. Does that make sense? They're setting the stage. They're choosing the battlefield. And a lot of you never Trump Republicans fell for it and handed it to them. And you don't even realize we're heading into a Weimar Republic. Don't even realize it. You're so out of the loop and clueless. Let me explain how this extends into what I do for a living next on 95.3 MNC. All right, good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, broadcasting live at dlive.tv slash Casey, the host. You want to watch a video of the program, hang out with everybody in the chat. dlive.tv slash Casey, the host. All right, so let's let's apply this net neutrality stuff to my industry. Uh, first of all, net neutrality does does lend itself to be a bit of a pathway for a fairness doctrine. I've talked about that before, um, and the fairness doctrine again is always proposed under a Democratic president every single time. It's always proposed. Usually, it doesn't win. We'll see what happens this time around. Okay. Um, I've told you, so people ask me, Casey, you know, how nervous are you about talk radio being censored and all of that stuff? And uh, somebody asked me a very specific question about my company in particular. And I was like, about 20%, you know, overall with everything. 
And I know that I have other avenues that I could pursue that, that would allow me to still have a voice. But I've also told you that there are people inside of radio that are, that are heavily pushing for program directors to fire people like me. They don't want conservative talk radio anymore. In spite of conservative talk radio, well, news talk radio, being the number one most listened to format in the country for many years in a row, they don't want people like me on the air because they're tyrants. There's a lot of leftists in radio who are only in radio for money. And if they feel that they can get rid of it all in one felled swoop, then they can still make money with the, uh, the radio airwaves. And there's been articles written by people who openly said that Trump wanted people to die, but they're in the radio industry and they're saying that radio hosts like, like me, they didn't name me specifically, I'm just saying in, in general, like me went off the deep end. And I'm like, I'm reading this article from somebody who literally said the president wants people to die. Well, they wrote another article over the weekend calling for program directors to uh, stop certain conversations from happening. And then I opened the, uh, the news today. Cumulus is telling all of their conservative radio hosts to stop talking about election fraud. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> One step at a time to a Weimar Republic. If you don't know what that is, Google it. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.